Thanks for tuning in for this sermon from Real Church Goshen. We pray that this message will encourage you to do the work that God has called you to do. All right, let me move my my gadgets and my gizmos here. My iPad right before um, worship... uh, decided it was a good time to go ahead and update itself. <laughs> so, I was, yeah, enough from Chris back there. Don't make me put that wall back up. <laughs> I cut it down, I could build it back. Um, <laughs> um, so, I am... Um, I'm so excited for what we've got coming in the month of February, um, and uh, I know last week we just kind of talked about the vision uh, a bit and uh, un- unveiling a little bit of what we've kind of envisioned, what we feel like God has led us into as we talk about what the church of tomorrow looks like for us. And um, I'm so thankful because I've had so many people that have reached out to us or they've encouraged us and said, hey, look, we're, we're full speed ahead. Uh, let's do this. And I'm, I'm so excited about that and so for that I say thank you first uh, but I want to I want to do a quick revisit just to remind everyone of what our um, what our month looks like for February okay and so as you guys know we've made the decision uh, that we are going to focus every month or every week um, which will end up being every month I guess uh, by default, but um, every week focused around um, what we are here to do, right? Um, And our focus has been relationships, evangelism, authenticity, and love, right? Relationships, evangelism, authenticity, and love. That's what real stands for. Um, And so we uh, we are focusing every week going forward on that. And so the first week, the first Saturday, and I say the first week, but I really should say the first Saturday but really it's the week, but I guess that's confusing. Um, the first stuff, um, the first stuff um, is uh, relationships, right? And so typically that's not unheard of. Like that's that's very common for us is that uh, relationships is what we've always done. Um, and that is the gathering, okay? And now I know we haven't necessarily brought the gathering back and we're not necessarily to that point yet, uh, but we want to do something that is focused on the relational aspect of us connecting as a body. That is literally what we are trying to do. It looks like Chris has broken my Facebook. It was because of your joke back there. It was your joke that it didn't like it. It disappeared on us? Oh, no. Oh, no. Technical difficulties. Um, Let's see here. Let me try to just do this again. Um, Can you guys do some, like, good, like, hold music or Jeopardy music while I do this? Ah, There we go. Yeah, I know. We got some of you I can depend on. Uh, Let's... (laughs) Amber's like, this is my moment. Um, <laughs> this is, this is, it's all been, it's all been to this moment right here. That's weird. All right. Oh, we're back online at least. Um, we'll see if it lasts. That's weird. Uh, so, um, so again, the first week is focused on relationships, the second on evangelism, the third on authenticity, and the fourth on love. And the big takeaway from that that a lot of people have asked is, yes, that means we're going to have technically, typically one church service 
um, a month, okay? And that is on the week of authenticity. So as a bit of a heads up for February, you'll see, if I got this time to, all right, the first week is relationships. So February 6th, we have Nevaeh is going to lead worship for a prayer and worship night here um, that we are, um, we're going to dust off the keyboard for, um, make sure that it's clean. Um, I actually said to Chris, I said, you know, it actually be good because we haven't tried the keyboard ever since we got the new soundboard, actually. Um, so um, so he's got some settings to do. But uh, So we are excited to have Nevaeh lead uh, worship for that. And that is going to simply just be a night of prayer um, and worship, guys. There's, there's no other agenda. Um, the idea for us, um, with that being Relationships Week, is that we think it is so important as we are going into this change, as we're going into this bit of a transformation, that it is covered in prayer. Amen? That's right. And so with that, we think that it's just the perfect week to just go ahead and start things off. And so we're thankful to be able to have Nevaeh do that for us. And so that will be next Saturday. Okay, next Saturday, the, the Saturday after that, which is the 13th, we are doing our movie night. Okay, talk to you guys about that, that that Saturday we are doing a, a drive-in movie. We are, um, Chris, Kristen and us are actually going this Wednesday night to do a dry run, make sure everything works, right? <laughs> make sure nothing gets broken um, in between now and then. I already told him I'm downloading the movie on two laptops. That way, if one goes down, I got a backup. Um, and so we're, we're making sure that all that's going to work good. And so that is going to be uh, Saturday the 13th. And we are going to have the movie start at a right around seven o'clock. Okay. So we'll be there early. Um, our plan is to be there at least by six o'clock, if not five thirty, to just go ahead and set up and get everything ready. We are encouraging, um, of course, everyone in the church family to be there, to be there for that night. Uh, we're going to have more details about how you can help, how you can serve. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but, um, and then the next week, which is the 20th, that will be our service together. And Billy and Kim will be serving the kids downstairs um, for RC Kids, and we'll be doing a lot of different things down there to make sure that they're able to um, really engage in a lesson and be safe at the same time. And we'll have our nursery. Um, I know Miss Linda is threatening to squeeze some babies because she didn't get to before. No, she's not going to squeeze babies. Um, not very hard, at least. Um, so that is our Authenticity Week, and that will always be that third Saturday will always be our service. And then the fourth Saturday is love, and that's where we will do some sort of service activity. And our plans are to do a service project with Three Waters Recovery um, of some sort. We're figuring out exactly what that looks like with them. But um, So I just want to remind you that that is what February looks like. So February doesn't look like just come to church on Saturday. <laughs> it's going to be a little different. Um, if you haven't, I encourage everyone to sign up for our texts. Okay, because we plan on using the text service quite a bit, and I'm going to say this, that if you are not on our texts, first off, we're going to share this on Facebook again, uh, because I won't remember it, but if you text all in one word, Real Church, to 84576, I feel like I'm in a commercial now all of a sudden, I don't know how I fell into this, um, you will get our text alerts. So I'll put this up later. If you're watching on Facebook, just watch Facebook, you'll find this again. Anyways, so 
I know that's a lot, but we are excited about February. We're excited about serving the community. We're excited about us all working together and getting our hands dirty to serve and love like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Um, I, I said to Beth the other day as we were talking about it more, I said, um, we're having church once a month. We're being the church the whole month, right? That's the goal. That is the goal. We, we may be having church once a month, yes, and that might freak some people out, but we are being the church the entire month, okay? Um, so that is not an excuse for on church day to not be the church. Does that make sense? Like, well, pastor, I did it the other 30 days. <laughs> I guess there's not 30 days in February, so I guess, what is it, 28 days? I never know how many days are in a month. Um, I graduated barely. Uh, so, tonight... I want to talk a little bit more about how we need to step into this new environment that we're coming into, okay? As we become the church of tomorrow and as we step into this, I I thought it was important this week to talk about how we individually become the church of tomorrow. See, because most of what we're talking about is how we corporately become the church of tomorrow. And I think it's important. But there are things that we each have to do individually to be a part of that transformation, okay? And, and I think it's, it's kind of silly to say this, but um, I think we need to look at how Jesus was, <laughs> right? I mean, we need to look at the life of Jesus, and we need to be able to live and model our lives after his life, right? His purposes should be our purposes, does anyone disagree with that? No. We are to follow, and if we're going to call ourselves Christians, right, we need to be followers of Christ. We need to be imitators of God, right? Ephesians 5.1, to be imitators of God. So we all know that, right? We all know, we've heard that we need to live like Jesus, and we need to be more like Jesus, and, you know, WWJD, and all that stuff, right? Like, we all know that, Um. But somehow, for so long, we've allowed ourselves to be convinced that Bible reading and worship time and keeping bad words to a minimum is living like Christ, right? It's like, if you can do those three things, straight ticket to heaven, you know? And we, it is important that the things that we read in the Word become the things that we live, it is no longer, listen, we cannot say we're going to be the church of tomorrow, but every time we get around people, we're like, that dude's a straight weird box, and I ain't talking to him, you know? I'm not saying you're not going to have some thoughts like that sometimes, but let's not verbalize it through our actions, okay? Many of you who know me know in secret, sometimes I can just be honest about the way that I felt, okay, in the moment, huh. and that's okay, just as long as I'm not mean to people, right? I don't know. Maybe that's not okay. Y'all can correct me later. Um, but it's important that the things we read become the things that we live. See, because we have read these things, we've recited some of these things, some of us have memorized them, some of us got gold stars for memorizing them. I never got a gold star for memorizing anything, just to be clear. Um, but we have to understand that the things that we read need to become the things that we live. I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, because this is what I, this is what I thought about today. Is I thought, if we are going to be the church of tomorrow, 
okay? And the church that Jesus really wants us to be, the church that he designed us to be, and, and, I, and I'm saying that because I believe what we are stepping into is what Jesus desires of us, okay? It may not be what, does, what Jesus is desiring for every church or what God is desiring in every situation, but I believe that that is what he is desiring of us for our community at this time. But I think it's so important that we look to the word and understand, okay, Jesus came. We're going to talk about going into the community, right? So what are we doing once we get out there? <laughs> See, because it's hard enough for some people to be like, wait, we're going we're, we're gonna to do things outside of the church? Okay. Yeah, I believe in that. The Bible says it, but... Okay, um, and so what I think is important for us to look at Jesus and say, what did Jesus do when he got outside of the synagogue, right? I think that's fair, right? It's kind of like, okay, what are we going to do now? Okay, well, let's, this is what I always say, this is home base, all right? This is what I always say, this is home base. So anytime I start getting in, I just, I got to go back to home base, right? That's how I can make sure that I'm on the straight and narrow, right? Um, so Luke 19, I want to read verses 1 through 10 here, okay? I want you to hear this. This is, this is Jesus. It says, he entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. <laughs> this is just like plain as day in the ESV here. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. <laughs> he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. I love that Zacchaeus like, I give half of everything I have, and most of the church is like, 10%? Um, anyway, sorry, I'm going to back up here. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of of Abraham. Now listen to this verse. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. If it ain't going to work today, they're just going to miss out. For the Son of Man came to do what? To seek and to save the lost. What I find so interesting about that passage and about that scripture is that he came to seek. See, Jesus did not come to wait. Jesus did not wait solely to try to draw them in. Jesus came, listen, this is his purpose. He came to seek and to save the lost. There's this there's this bad term in church culture. I'm sure some of you have heard it, 
Um, I hear it. A, a lot of pastors talk about it. A lot of pastors talk about it when they talk about other churches and other pastors. They talk about this little phrase that they call seeker sensitive. Have you guys ever heard of that being seeker sensitive? Okay. So let me explain to you what that is. Um, pretty much seeker sensitive is a way that pastors and sometimes other Christians will, um, will explain what a certain church is like, or really will try to kind of demean what a church is doing. And what they're saying by being seeker sensitive is, Pretty much that church tries to keep people from yelling and shouting and running. Because <laughs> if a seeker came in and someone got excited and started shouting, that seeker would be very sensitive and would never come back. All right? That's pretty much what they mean when they say that church is seeker sensitive. Okay, And so a lot of pastors get offended by that in one way or the other. The problem for me isn't that a church has become seeker sensitive or that it isn't seeker sensitive or whatever the story is. The problem that I believe that we have as a church is that we aren't doing the seeking. We are only waiting for them to seek us. And it doesn't work that way. If it worked that way, when Jesus came, would Jesus have come to seek? No. He would have come to prop up his feet and let him come to him, right? And so here we are as the church of today, and we're fighting about whether a church is seeker sensitive or Holy Spirit embracing. I, I'm just going to come up with another word for it, right? There's probably another one. I'm just forgetting it. But what I'm saying to you is that we are so worried about whether we are making our church services welcome for seekers, but we have stopped seeking. See, we have allowed marketing, right? We've allowed marketing. We've allowed social media advertising. We've allowed good, good videography, good graphics to justify our lack of seeking those who need Jesus. And that's not right. We can say we earmark this much every single month towards evangelism because we're putting it towards social media ads, <laughs> right? It's true. And a lot of churches will say, we spend $1,500 a month on evangelism. No, you're, you're trying to play with Facebook's algorithms. Huh? You're not doing any, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, let me not say that. I'm not going to say they're not doing any evangelism. But what I'm saying is that we have to become seekers. The church has been so focused, and I think it's a good thing. Don't hear, don't, don't hear this wrong. I think it is a good thing that in the last 10, 15, maybe years, that the church has become more hungry for his spirit. I think that is a good thing. I think it is good that we have, all of a sudden, we've seen so many more things where people have gone into these big environments and they've sought God together and they've seen miraculous and they've seen all these. I'm not saying those are bad things, but we cannot allow ourselves to justify our lack of seeking the lost by placating it with our seeking of only God. And that, that sounds a little weird and that may sound a little wrong, but we have allowed ourselves to become addicted to seeking him, but that we're not even doing the purposes that he told us to do. We want to go to these long hours upon hour, 24 hour, right? 24 hour prayer anymore, guys. And they want people to fill up with these schedules. And those, I'm not saying they're bad things, Okay. I'm not saying they're bad things, but what I'm saying is that we need to not only seek God, we need to seek the way that the Son of Man sought, right? 
He sought those to save the lost. If we are truly becoming the church of tomorrow, we need to be like Jesus, right? We need to get our purposes aligned with what his purpose was. See, I want you to, I want you to put yourself in Jesus' shoes here. And this is, like I said, I like preaching to myself. And so a lot of this is just me dumping on myself. You don't see me writing notes because I've wrote some of them down and I know I need to write more. And so I'll go back and listen and write more notes. But listen to this, okay? Maybe, uh, put yourself in Jesus' shoes. Maybe you don't or you didn't have a crowd following you, okay? But I want you to see what's happening here. There's all of this commotion. And here's this person sticking out like the sore thumb that you've ever seen, right? You got this little short guy who everyone hates, who has climbed up to this tree just so he could try to see what's going on. You know what those people were saying? Oh, that's Zacchaeus. You know, steer clear Zacchaeus. Now I'll say this, how many times, and I'm just... Listen, I'm eating some of this pie with you, okay? How many times have we stepped into a church? Have we stepped into a community? Have we stepped into an environment? And someone looked at you and say, watch out for that one. (laughs) All right? I'm just telling you, if you get too close, (laughs) this is going to happen, or this is going to happen, or that, or that, whatever the story is, right? Fill in the blank, right? But Jesus you know, Jesus didn't, Jesus, Jesus could have, right? Jesus could have walked in. Here's all the crowd. Here's everyone that's focused on him. Focus on what he's doing. Focus on what he's saying. He could have been like, oh, Zacchaeus, <laughs> right? He could have pulled one of these and just kind of like tried to just like, oh, I'm not seeing him up there, you know, and just kind of like focus on like, and, and you know what? Zacchaeus may have never even felt anything because Jesus was just so focused on all these down here. Of course, Zacchaeus was just, oh, whoa, what are you doing up there, man? I didn't see, you know, like, and this is, this is what we do in the grocery store, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh no, huh? <laughs> Not getting close to that one, you know. I'm just, I'm just being real with you, honest. I, I watched a video today that was cracking me up, and it was, it was a guy who saw, who was acting like he saw someone in the park that he knew, and he immediately took his phone out and started acting like he was having a legit conversation. I don't think any of you guys would maybe take it that far, uh, but uh, um, maybe. <laughs> um, but like, if you, if you think about this, Jesus didn't avoid that. And the reality is, the reason we avoid it typically is because we like to avoid confrontation. We don't, and it's, it's not even like a hard confrontation. It's just any sort of confrontation. Like, we don't want to mess up our day. We don't want to mess up our schedule. We don't want to mess our stuff, right? It's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go the long way, you know? Um, and avoid what? What are we really avoiding most of the time, right? And I think about what Jesus did. Jesus didn't just recognize him. He invited him. Well, actually, he invited himself, right? He's like, I'm coming to your house. Um, like, think, think about this, though. Think about the person that Zacchaeus was to that community. It would be one thing for Jesus to say, come over to my place. But how much more, how, how much more intimate is it to say, let me come to your place? And that's what the church of tomorrow is supposed to look like. 
The church of tomorrow isn't supposed to look like come to our place, come in here where I can control everything, where I know that all my stuff is, where I know where my dresser drawer is, right? <laughs> I don't, I do have a dresser drawer. I was like, I don't even know if we have a dresser drawer, right? Jesus said this. Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. That's a harder thing to do because you may not know the environment that you're stepping into. But if we know, listen, if we have a full trust and reliance and dependency on God, it doesn't matter what house I'm walking into because I walk in in the anointing and in the power and in the gifting that he's placed in me. We have allowed ourselves to be gripped with fear about every possible scenario. Well, that guy's a weirdo. (laughs) And if I get anywhere close to him, it could be weirdo central. And then I'm there. Right? I'm just being real. Um, See, we need to be willing to engage like Jesus did. We need to, we need to invite people, we need to invite ourselves into people's lives. We need to invite ourselves into people's lives. And the, here's, the, here's the problem with that idea. Here's the struggle that the church has with that, is that the church has shamefully shunned being around anyone who isn't like us to such a degree that we're afraid to. Because if, you know, I, I've heard it this way, if pastor caught me around these kind of people, the answer to that line is he'd be excited. <laughs> See, we have, we have been working so hard, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. Just hear me out. We have been working so hard to protect our witness, which is a good thing. We need to protect our witness. But if your level of protection of your witness is keeping you from ever engaging with those who desperately need Jesus, you're not protecting your witness. You're just protecting your ego or whatever it might be, fill in the blank. And that is not, that is not what Jesus ever did, right? He never, he was never in an environment where he was like, I really don't want (laughs) to, I really don't want to minister to those people who need me and need saving and need all of those things, right? Or I tell you what, if you come to me, we'll figure this thing. It wasn't like that. And I'm encouraging this because we're called to be like this. We need, listen, we need to stop determining value or worth based off of societal's expectation, right? We need to stop determining value or worth, and I'm going to say it this way, based off of the church's expectations. We need to see value and worth according to the word of God. Because if you look at this, that broken, jacked up problem child (laughs) that you're like, I don't want to be around, they are in the same, the same position that you are when it comes to the things of God. It's like, I I laugh because, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people who will ask for prayer and they'll ask you to pray for them and all these different things. And I always want, and I, and I say this a lot, so I'll say this to people, you do know 
that you have the exact same access to the throne of God that I do, right? Like, I want to make sure that that is crystal clear because there is nothing that I'm doing because of out of, out of any holiness or any anything else that allows me to just tap in a little bit deeper into who God is. You have the same access. And the church, to some degree has wanted to feel like you access it here, right? Like if you come in here, especially if you come up here, like if you come and you're back there, you kind of like, you can get a, like, like a trickle, okay? You can get a trickle back there in the back. The closer you get, like it's a little more intense and it's, it's a little bit holier and you'll get a little cleaner the closer you get. If you come all the way up here, it's, it's, it, I mean, this is just where it's at, you know, like, the whole, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. I have been in services where people have said the Holy Spirit is moving right here. Right here. You need to, if you've got something, you need to step right here. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and I, and I'll tell you, I've been, a, I've been, I've participated in those services, right? Now, I ain't never drawn a, circle or nothing like that but but i i'm saying and, I, and i've had i've had pastors come to me when we're you need to go get in that that corner right there you know and and you know what in the moment you know people feel they get excited and they they get all emotional and they get all this stuff but at the end of the day is that what the word says <laughs> Is that what the word directs us to? Is that how the word tells us to act? No. You know what the word tells us? The word tells us that the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came. So let me explain something to you. Your purpose is wrapped up in the identity of who Christ was. So guess what part of your purpose is? To bring people to church? No. (laughs) Your purpose is to seek and to save the lost. Your purpose. Not the pastor's purpose. Well, I mean, it is a pastor's purpose too. <laughs> I ain't doing none of this stuff no more. I'm done with it, you know? <laughs> but but it is it is ours to carry. So many people walk through, I just I just want to know what the, the will of God is for my life. I want to know what the will of God is for my life. And I'm going to move here, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go to this prayer conference, I'm going to do this, blah, 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 blah. How about we start by seeking and saving the lost like Jesus did? We just need to do what the word says. So some people will be like, well, pastor, that was, the, that was God. Are you kidding me? I can't possibly do that. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Because yes, God was, you know, God had that kind of in his corner. I'm going to give him that. But um, some people will say, listen, he was God and he could handle himself in such a way that he could handle being around those people. <laughs> and if I was around those people, I could get drugged straight into hell, right? That's what, I mean, that's, and that's honestly part of what the church has propagated for a while. But First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. This, this is hard, okay? This is what we must do to win people to Jesus, This right here, I'm telling you, this is what we must do. And some some people are not going to like the sound of this, but this is the Bible, okay? 
It's in the Bible. So deal with that. 19 says, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all. Why? Why did he make himself a servant to all? That I might win more of them. If we can just get that right there, <laughs> we are going to be okay. If, if we can just get the understanding and the idea that I have to be willing to make myself a servant to all, we're going to be okay. 20, it says, to the Jews, I became as a Jew. In order to do what? To win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, right? That I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became what? Weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. Now, some people will hear this. Some people will see this. Bethany, listen, I'm going to confess about myself a little bit here. And Bethany, she laughs about it and she teases me about it. Um, when I get around my parents, okay, I talk differently. Is that right, Beth? Yeah? You're barely nodding your head. Are you awake? Okay. Stay awake. Give her a little jolt, Kim. Keep her up. <laughs> I will find myself talking a little more in the way that they talk. It is something that just happens, okay? It's just ha it just happens with me. And and let me let me explain this to you. It happens frequently for me because in my work <laughs> I talk to very very different people. And and Beth laughs because I worked from home for a while and she would literally laugh at me having conversations. <laughs> Because she would hear me having conversations that I'm having. And she'd be like, well, I don't think that you should invert that. I think that would be a bad idea. And, you know, she'll, like, mock me and say things. And she's really mean. Look forward to the marriage con uh, podcast coming out soon. Um, <laughs> but, but it's important to see this isn't, this isn't talking about losing your identity. This isn't talking about becoming fake. Okay, it is talking about allowing yourself to sit a little bit of your pride aside to serve in a way 
that allows the other person who desperately needs Jesus to feel comfortable. It is, it is so important that this is the type of people we are from real church. That we are the kind of people that when you come up across somebody who is weak, someone that is hurting, someone that is desperate, that you reciprocate that in a way that they feel, it's got to be genuine, right? This is hard, this is hard stuff that I'm talking about here, okay? That you be genuine and heartfelt towards their position, towards their situation. Let me, let me tell you something about serving and ministering to people. You cannot serve and minister well if all you're worried about is letting them know your opinion. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter how strongly you, I'm just going to say this, this is going to get me in trouble maybe. It doesn't matter how strongly you believed in President Trump or how strongly you believe in President Biden. It doesn't matter. And too many people are trying to base their Christianity off of their political affiliation or whatever else it is, okay? And let me tell you something. When you get down with somebody and you are trying to minister to them and they tell you that this country's going to, you know, wherever they want to say it's going to because of it, that's not your time to say, oh, honey, you're an idiot, right? That's not, <laughs> that's not what you do. It's wrong. That is a time that you just comfort and you give hope, right? And see, that's what Paul is talking about here. Paul is talking about, you know, in some of these moments, they were weak. In some of these moments, it was dirty. They were in the law. They were out of the law, right? They were Jew. They were this. They were that and the other. And every single person is in a different place. And we need to stop pretending like the goal is to get them all in the same place so we can all just do the same thing at the same time and everyone just be happy. Because it doesn't work like that. Every single person within the body of Christ is in a different spot in their moment, in their time. And we have to be sensitive to that. Not just sensitive to our desires and our wants and all these different things, guys. We have to see this. We have to see that it's our willingness to serve all that gives us the opportunity to save any. And as long as we are unwilling to serve, we will not see people be saved. It is as simple as that. If we are waiting for people to come through that door and to serve and to fill a seat and to fill uh, this or to fill the offering plate or whatever else it is, we will not see people come to know Christ. See, and some people will be like, well, pastor, I'm... I'm called to soul, to serve those who look, talk, eat, and hang out in the same place as I do. Thank God for that. That is my calling. God has placed me there. And do not question my calling, right? <laughs> I'm not going to read what else I wrote there because it's funny. Um, so, <laughs> so, but what I'm saying is that Jesus, his whole purpose was to seek and to save the lost. That's it. That's not me. That's not my interpretation. That's what Luke 19.10 says. For the Son of Man came to 
right? If you see that someone came to, that means that's their purpose. (laughs) He came to seek and to save the lost. And so I, I say, I say all that to say this, what we are doing what we are doing, there are many people, Bethany will say this, and, and, and she just says it because she's sensitive to everything in the world, okay? Y'all thought she was just sensitive to candle smells. No, it's more than that, folks. <laughs> That's where it begins. <laughs> um, sensitive to sometimes the, pers- the, the perception of those outside of these conversations, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing until it annoys me, and then it's a bad thing. But there, there, is a, um, there is an element that what we are doing, people will say things. But I want you to understand something. A lot of people said things about Jesus, Right? I mean, if you look, if you look right there where here he is going to Zacchaeus, right? They, they were like floored. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Right? You know that church? They are actually only having a church service once a month. And they ain't voted him out yet, you know. (laughs) I don't even know how to do that, by the way. So good luck to y'all. Because I ain't going nowhere. (laughs) What is that? I can't remember what that's off of. It's off a movie. It's probably a bad movie now that I recite it. And someone's going to look it up and be like, you know that pastor watch that movie? Um, Anyways, I'm just going to stop now while I'm ahead or behind, whatever I am. Um, But but here's what I'm getting at is that in what we are doing corporately, what we are doing corporately in the focus of how we are becoming the church of tomorrow, it is impossible if we don't individually capture this, that this is the way we are supposed to serve. This is the way we are supposed to love people. So that when we, when we have that movie night and we have that prayer tent where someone can come up, you don't, you know, you don't see someone who's broken and you go, everything's going to be just fine. All right. You don't do that. Hmm. That ain't gonna work. Right? That's 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 a total lack of empathy. And if you don't, if you feel like you struggle in that area, just sit by my wife for a little while. She's empathetic about everything, okay? And that's I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um uh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. But I, I'm saying this is that this is what we need to become individually so that we can become this corporately. It is not, it is not enough for two of us or three of us or four of us to commit to this. We have to commit to being like Jesus, following out what he showed us, what the word shows us, what we've learned. Listen, we are not abandoning any mission. We're not, you know, we're not not worshiping together. We're not forsaking coming together. We're still going to be together every Saturday. Surprise. (laughs) Just maybe not in a church building. We are seeking and saving the lost just as Christ did. We are refusing, this is, this is what I wrote, we are refusing to wait another day because there are people out there right now that will not have another day. And there is nothing to be ashamed of with that. 
I, I talked to I talked to someone Thursday night, and a uh, um, person comes to me, and they started talking about church, and you know, um, they're they're ordained, and um, they they began just telling me we just haven't we haven't found a church yet, and we you know we got this that we're trying to do, and we got this and we're trying to do, and and you know we're trying to open this up and, and serve in this capacity, and you know we just we thought about going to this church, but this, and we thought about this, and I just said stop, just stop. You're ministering in what you're doing right now. And you don't have to be guilty or ashamed of that. Serve. They were like, okay. (laughs) Weirdo. (laughs) I need to get in the church, (laughs) right? (laughs) And again, that's that's not an excuse to say that you don't need to connect and belong in a body and be a part of that. I think you guys understand our heart on that. But what I'm saying is this. We are not going to wait another day. Because they don't have another day. You and I may, and we need to take advantage of the time that we do have to serve like Jesus, to make the decision that our purpose is to seek and to save everywhere that we are. Now, that's not, I'm not talking about Bible, you know, Bible bashing people. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about serving and loving them right where they are. Thanks again for listening to this message from Real Church Goshen. You can find out more about us and our services by visiting us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Real Church Goshen.